State of Origin time this uh, tomorrow night. Tonight, by the time you blokes listen to this, and ladies listen to this, uh, it will be State of Origin 1 from a core stadium in Sydney. Barney Dagg and Ollie with you to look through the key matchups and what we think might happen to kick off State of Origin Game 1. Um. Yes. Guess what it's called? A series. That's what they play, a series. <laughs> All righty. Uh, for the New South Wales Blues, James Tedesco, fullback and captain, Brian Turo, Katoni uh, Staggs, Jack Whiten, Daniel Tupo, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, Payne Haas, Cook, Paulo, Murray, Sims, Yo, the interchange at 14, Crichton, then at Liam Martin, at Regal Campbell-Gillard, Ryan Madison, make up the 17. For Queensland, Ponga, Cobo, Holmes, Gay Guy, Coates, Munster, Cherry Evans, halfback and captain, Tino Fosua, Mawa Ali, Ben Hunt, Josh Papaihi, Kurt Capewell, Felice Kafusi, Ruben Cotter locks the scrum, Harry Grant on the bench with Lindsay Collins, Pat Carrigan, and Jeremiah Nanai. Uh, it started raining outside, actually, which was weird when I went to put the kids to bed, but uh, sh- weather looks good. Cold and um, I guess a bit of a typical sort of dewy Wednesday evening track barn. Initial thoughts on how these teams line up? Yeah, it's always a pretty um, greasy affair out at um, Homebush there. So um, you're probably not going to see blokes screaming down the wings and running away from everybody. But um, I, I like most. I like both teams. There's not a lot of um, selections that I'm not too sure on, but there's two out of this New South Wales team that I'm a little bit concerned about, to be honest. Um, Tarek Sims probably doesn't, in my opinion, deserve a spot in the squad. Um, I think Frizzell would be better on the bench, and I think Liam Martin would be a better option to start in this team. I understand what Tarek Sims did last year on the back of not great form. He came in and had a, a terrific impact on the origin, but I'm not sure he can do it. He can back it up and do it again two years in a row. Um, he's basically turned himself into a batting ram front row forward and picking him on an edge uh, worries me. And uh, Whiten is the other one in the New South Wales squad. Uh, if you really do have to pick him, which I wouldn't have, you would be picking him in the 14, in my uh, opinion, and you'd be having Crichton starting. Uh, the fact that they're going to play him in centre, his last couple of performances in the centre position uh, have left a lot to be desired, honestly, uh, especially in defence. He got stood up a few times by, um, I think he was on Gay Guy's side and he made him look like an average, very average defender at times. So to me, they're, they're the couple of question marks I have with the New South Wales team. Uh, I might really in and uh, oh, you're going to keep going. Just no, go get everyone's thoughts on New South Wales before we get yeah, to the other sure. one. Then. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Was it, or are you about to move on? No, no, I was going to Queensland. Yeah, Oli, any thoughts? There. Well, my concerns are pretty similar to Barney, but I guess I'll add to that the concerns that a lot of people have had around Damien Cook. We all had Abbasai Coruscant starting at Hooker. I think a lot of that is out of form. But when I think about it, I'm fine with Cook being selected for now because usually even when he has been a little bit out of form, he turns up when it comes to origin. And he's one of the key components of that Brad Fittler era. Um, He came in as Freddie came in as well, um, essentially. 
So I'm fine with him getting this crack, but I feel like let's just say Queensland wins this game and Cook doesn't have the best performance. You would have to think he's probably one of those changes Freddie makes for game two. But for now, I, I don't know about you boys, because again, we all had Coruscant in our side. What are we sort of thinking about Cook being in the team? Because for now, I'm still fine with it. I'm not upset about it. I just would have picked Appy on form and combinations. Uh, I think Appy is great at... Cook either runs or he doesn't, is, is basically what we get from Cook. And he's got... He doesn't just have a forward pack made for fast play the balls, which is Brett and Butter. He's got his mate Cam Murray there. But the rest of these... Uh, I suppose Liam Martin does a little bit and Campbell Girard, Gillard, but it doesn't feel like a team made for that, which isn't necessarily, uh, which I think is a forward pack that would suit Appy better. And then having the the natural chorus, the natural combination with Yo and Cleary as the first and second, third, and Luai uh, outside him is sort of fit better to me, and. Uh, but maybe maybe think that said, I don't think Cook's going to let anyone down. He's, he's not going to miss tackles. He's not going to. Uh, what you see is what you get from Cook. If you get a bit of space, he's going to run and he's going to be dangerous. But uh, I just would have picked Appy on form. Uh, I would have, and I, I echo Barney's sentiments with Whiten. But uh, I'll let you finish off first, Tom. Well, I absolutely agree with um, the Appy. I, I would have picked him just for his service out of dummy half. But the only reason that I don't, I'm not so upset about Cook being picked is the fact that I think New South Wales, I'll get to, to it more as we go through, but I think New South Wales are a more adaptable team and they can play off the back of slow play the balls more uh, than Queensland will be able to. And I think Queensland will need the speed of the ruck more than New South Wales will. And there, I think the reflection, I think the plan will be to do just that. And I think the reflection of that is not having Ado Carr because he's the one that is half looking for the broken play. Uh, and I, think I think the, gonna... they'll, they'll want to speed it up early and I think they'll slow it down after about 20 to 30 minutes. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Well, heading into 2021 series, one of the concerns I think we had um, was that New South Wales edges, um, Brian Toto and Josh Adekar at the time, not the biggest wingers and you sort of want traditionally in origin, one of the bigger, lankier wingers that could sort of get up, jump for the high ball. And it worked out, obviously, for New South Wales last year because Tom Travoyevich was there and able to drop back as well. But, again, this is more sort of a question I want to put to you guys because the past couple of years when Origins come around, we've all sort of unanimously agreed and touched on Daniel Tupo, a guy who's never really been out of origin form but just sort of not been picked. And I think in our um, lineup prediction show, we sort of – acknowledge that he probably should be there, but we didn't necessarily think he would be picked. He has been picked now. One of my questions, I guess, to you guys is, if Tom Travojevic was fit and playing in the centres, would he be there? That's just something I'm sort of thinking about. Could Adokar potentially still be there and they still go with Tom Travojevic being able to sort of drop back for for Toto or Adokar and play as that sort of that big body out uh, on the edges. So is this Daniel Tupo selection, I guess, more influenced not by the form of Josh Adekar, but the absence of Tom Travojevic? Yes. Or Latrell Mitchell. Or yes. Latrell or oh, both, yes. because both are, what, 6'3". I think Tommy's taller. 
But, yeah, um, Tommy's another fraction taller. Yeah, yeah, but they're both six two, six three, six four, and yeah, they they as you mentioned, they do have the ability to drop in in and behind, or even just stand next to a shorter winger, and when the ball comes down, they're they're in and around the ball. So, yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, man. But it does become quite stark uh, when you actually look at these teams on paper. Um, just the aero dominance that Queensland could have. With Coppo, oh, Coates, uh, and you throw Nanai in as well. We know what he's been doing all year. So, so before is... we move on to the, the wingers and those different positions, do we have any questions around the Queensland? Oh, just to, uh, sorry, just to finish on Whiten, the fact that he'll be marking Val Holmes. Val Holmes in the last few weeks has made some good centres look very average. He's in very good form and he's fast. And if, if Whiten gets isolated, he could be. I think they'll put him up the against Gay Guy. Um, I think you'll be on the left, yeah, that's probably um, right. and then you'll have. Excuse me. Um, who, who have we got on the centre on the right hand side? I think you'll have Stags up against. Um, I think you have Stags up against. Which probably suits because Stag. We'll wait to combinations, but um, I, I I still struggle to believe, and I I still think Crichton might start, despite what everyone keeps saying. I, mm. I, I yeah, kind of that's my thought as well. But think that they'll be just pulling a little. Trick late at the end. Uh, as for Queensland, I guess they've picked who they're going to pick. I would have had another. I think they're missing maybe a prop. Uh, I think the New South Wales forward pack's bigger. Obviously, we all know the prop we would have picked. Um, mm-hmm. And yes, Ruben Cotter's playing well. He's not massive. Yes, he makes 60 tackles a week. Uh, but the more I've thought about this, if you're looking for blokes to make 50 tackles and not miss any, it, wouldn't that be like uh, New South Wales picking Alex Twile? Like it's like I know he offers a bit more intact, but he's going to get bashed in this game. I feel like, and and um, yeah. may, having to make every bit of those sixty tackles, and I don't think Lindsay Collins has been in any sort of form. So I, have, I think the front row is a concern, um, and I have a and even to a lesser extent, uh, Capel as well. Uh, look, we can all rant about Harry being the best hooker in the game, which he is, but. If anyone's ever going to win man of the match off the bench, um, Harry Grant could play 65 <laughs> minutes and, and, and sure. win him this game. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. And we'll see how when they get, maybe he's not well, maybe he's coming, but he has been coming out from injury, he's been crook. Um, so we'll see how all that pans out. And, you know, they might start Harry in the same way. We can all say they might just turn around and start him. So who knows? Um <laughs> I think they'll want Hunt on the field for the majority of the 80 minutes, to be honest. So I think they will start Hunt. But um, what they do with him once Harry comes on the field is a question mark. Mm. Um, on form, Queensland have probably got a better uh, better bunch of players to pick from. I, I don't think there's too many of those players that are out of form at the moment. My questions is in experience around Cobbo and Cotter. Um you got a young guy who's, you know, he looks like he, he could be a world beater, but you put him under pressure. That's it's a big question. He's only, what, 20, 25 games into his career. As you mentioned, Cotter, I think um, ball in hand, he may end up getting driven back constantly um, every time he tries to run the ball. But hopefully, you know, for Queensland, he makes a hell of a lot of tackles. And another bloke in Coates, um, his form is questionable at the moment. Uh, he does come down with a, a good jump and um, scores tries for for Melbourne when he's jumping over the top of people, but I haven't seen him do much else. Um, I, I would have picked Tuolangi. 
if he's going to be picking up the ball out of his back end and trying to run into the teeth of the forwards for New South Wales, I can see him getting dominated uh, ball in hand and unless they're down in the 20-meter line uh, and attacking New South Wales trial line. So. Make a very good point. I, th- I think Queensland have picked a form side, a more f- informed side from 1-17 to 17 than New South Wales. Oli? Well, and we've spoken about this before. This has been set up perfectly for the classic Queensland ambush. Not like a, a dominant Queensland side who everyone's just tipping to win like the eight in a row. A classic Queensland ambush. They've got the form players. They've actually overall got more origin experience in their side than New South Wales as well. Of course, that would be coming from select players, but those select players, Munster, Cherry, they they played a shitload of origin football. And those young guys who were in form at their club sides coming into play origin are only going to benefit from playing around those guys, especially the young Cowboys boys coming through as well. Um, But the only real changes I'd make to Queensland are pretty much the same that we'd make. It's only those couple of changes. Obviously, Mo comes in for Lindsay Collins. You probably start Mo over Ruben Cotter, shift Mo, obviously, to Propentino to lock. I think that would probably make the most sense. But then again, other than that, you wouldn't really change the Queensland side, especially with Harry. I, I take it if Harry was fully fit, didn't have the groin concern, and was not ill, I take it he probably would would be starting. And again, both he and Hunt are probably going to play most of this game. Well, I think you can take the number off Cotter's back and put it on Tino because Tino's going to be playing 13. He's been pushed up into the front row for the first 20 minutes when it's down and dirty and Hass and... um, excuse me, and Paulo are running off the back fence straight down the middle. You're going to have Tino there as a big body to do a bit of defence, try and put some impact into that defence. And Cotter's not going to be the ball player when they're trying to shift to edges and, you know, the forward link to the backs. It's going to be Tino. They, um, but but they, yeah, the concern I had with that, we may as well start, we'll start with the, um, with the forwards, but... If New South Wales kick off, probably as a first hit off, Tino as a second, all of a sudden you've got Capel or Cotter and they're going to pick that tackle to just pick them up and take them right back to where they started. And 100%. that's when the crowd gets into the game and that's what that's what will set the tone. And that's where I would have had a bigger body starting. And they could have had they could have had Papi Mo into Tino, and that's a different different tone altogether. And I didn't mention Collins, but he to me he's a question mark. He is the only question mark I have in that Queensland selection team. As you know. mentioned, his form yeah. has been piss poor realistically, um, and he's he's not a massive like he's a massive guy, but he's not that big thick body that runs through the middle of the field. He's, he's realistically probably should be a back rower, but he's not quick enough. So if he's going to be running into the middle with Paulo and Haas and Madison and those guys, they're going to hit him around the middle and they're going to drive him backwards. So, yeah. So that's that, Sorry, go on. Sorry to interrupt, but is this really, and again, I'm not trying to be like a, a conspiratorial Titan supporter or anything, but can we largely really put, Lindsay Collins being picked over Mo Fodawaka to much more than one's playing for an informed side, the Roosters, and one's playing for a a shit team, the Titans. Because again, like I agree with you guys. Like in terms of tactically, it doesn't make sense either. It's in terms of form of the individual players, it doesn't make sense. 
Lindsay Collins ha- does have good form in the Queensland camp, but so does Mo. Yeah, uh, yeah they both. But so, yeah, yeah. no, I, I, there's not a day in the world that I've watched both players that I would have picked Lindsay over team, over Mo. I would almost, if, yeah, I would be considering starting Carrigan at lock, put it that way, for, the, for the, all the reasons I've said about having some size and getting the game underway. But um, very quickly before we get into a full analysis of the Ford pack. Billy Slater, Cameron Smith is the new coaching staff, as Ollie can attest to after his uh, breakfast this morning. Uh, what did JT's you learn from in there as well? Isn't and it? JT, yeah. what did you learn from them this morning, Oliver? And uh, what what influence do you think they will have across this squad? Well, I've said this just sort of in general about Origin coaches before. It's obviously it's more a mentoring role. It's not about being an out and out coach tactically and stuff like that. So you do want your Queensland, well, sorry, your origin legends for either side. That's who you sort of want as your coaching staff. And arguably more than anyone else, Slater, Smith and Thurston. Thurston. Could you think of three better mentors in the origin arena? And you know what as well? It was just sort of, and again, I know this isn't a huge thing, but literally walking around Parramatta today, the different Queensland players were sort of off doing their own thing. They were walking around. They were chatting to fans. They were having a laugh. They were doing a bit of whatever. And, again, I saw Slater and Smith. They weren't around any of the team or anything. They were just off on their morning walk. Now, to me, I sort of see that as a bit of leniency as well. It's not sort of fully structured, come on, boys, we've all got to be together at all times, sort of, which I think at least I've sort of heard coaches in the past have sort of do. Everyone's got to be together. It's sort of that more leniency. Then we'll all come together. And we'll sort of do our thing at training, et cetera. So I think I think it's more about being a mentor. I think that's what's worked for Andrew Johns and Brad Fittler as well, right? You want to talk about origin legends. There's two of them. And I think at the moment as well, especially when it's sort of fresh, when it's sort of new as well, and those guys coming in. And you know what? Mal Meninga was a great coach for years, obviously. But I think what's important too when bringing in a coaching staff for origin you want to bring in the players who inspired your current squad. Now, a lot of these Queensland players, again, it's not a huge thing, but a lot of these Queensland players just would not have watched Mao Meninga growing up right. But I tell you who they would have watched. They would have watched the three blokes who Absolutely. were the key components of that eight series in a row win. So you, you can't tell me like your Ruben Cotters, your Nanais, et cetera, have not watched these blokes growing up and haven't been in awe of them. They're going to be listening to everything they say. They're going to be doing everything they can to inth- impress these three blokes. Absolutely. Uh, any to add, Mark? <laughs> Not from me, mate. All right. Uh, where do you want to start? You go back to front, front to back? Well, I've gone... Oh, tell me, I've got it all here, so you just tell me. <laughs> I'll <laughs> go with it. I'm oh, starting well, to feel the pressure because, honestly, the last three weeks, you blokes have been pissing in my pocket that much. <laughs> about analysis and how we're going to break down a game of football. We no, generally don't spend that much pissed. time on a preview. Yeah, that's right. But no, um, let's just talk about this right, time, let's just go. We're going to kick I'm off. actually going to try and tear this apart, All and right. I hope that this comes exactly how I think it's going because I've gone what I think is going to happen and what I think might happen as well. So let's we'll, get the we'll see how we go. Well, let's this go from – let's go from – Pause. pause listen give me a home. position. Get your popcorn. Get we'll your – yep. And listen to the greatness. 
We should remember we should just have a beer and go, ah, oh, fuck, we'll smash him. Who cares? <laughs> oh, this is, uh. Uh, anyway, anyway, so we, anyway, we'll start from the start. So we've kicked off. Um, let's let's go for with the front row, including the. Uh, we'll go with the front row rotation, so you can throw in your Campbell Gillard's yeah. discussion yeah. if you want to. You don't have to. We can talk about I'll the bench later. I'll drop the bench separate from the front right, row. We'll, so Haas, front so row. Haas, Haas, and uh, is it Palo now? Please, Bolo. 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 Uh, and against Papa Ihi and uh, Tino, mm-hmm. how does this matchup strike you, bun? Oh, this, is ma- this is probably the biggest battle in the entire game, to be honest, because I think um, the winner of this, you could add the bench to it as well, but I think the, the team that wins the middle of this game actually gets away with it at the end. I think it's going to be a close game for the majority of it, but... Um, I think New South Wales just have a few more impact men that can play right through the middle of the field uh, compared to what Queensland's going to have. And they, they, I think they're probably going to last a little bit longer because you've got Tino and Papali'i who they are massive impact forwards. Don't get me wrong. They're going to be playing offloads. They're going to be tearing into the middle of the field. But you've got Haas and, and Bolo and then you add in your Madisons and... Um, a few more from the bench, but we're, we're talking about the straight up middle at the moment, but I think Haas just goes a little bit longer than both um, Tino and Papali'i. And then you add Bolo in there. I think his impact, it depends how much he's on. Like realistically, he's hitting, he's a little bit hit and miss for a, a premier front rower. Like on his day, he can tear the middle of the field apart. And then he has days where he just doesn't seem to be wanting to get involved. But I think in this battle, um, Payne Haas is probably the one that's just going to go longer and stronger. He has the offload. He can defend. And at the end of the day, if there was one front rower in out of these four that you could put out there and tell them that they needed to play 80 minutes, Payne Haas could do it. So I, I just think that the mo- the New South Wales engine room will run a little bit longer than Queensland's will. Oliver, anything to add there? Well, it's interesting what Barney said because it might be a little inkling of his prediction. However, um, it's a really close matchup the more you look at it, especially the form that um, Papali'i's come into in recent weeks. Probably about a month ago, you'd go New South Wales wins the battle easy because whilst Junior Paulo has not been the same player, and we've said it before, not been the same player as he has realistically since 2020, he's never really been bad either. So hopefully by that, you'd you think he sort of just by association sort of steps up in origin. He's going to have to against um, Tino and Papali'i as well. But I agree. I think it's going to be a grind in the middle the first 20 minutes are going to be rough and tough. And I think it's going to come from four, these four blokes predominantly, especially what I believe Daggy brought up with Queensland's four pack overall. The first 20 minutes is going to be Tino and Papali'i heavy. Then your Calvary, like your, your Lindy Collins and your Patrick Carrigans are going to come on um, sort of your bigger bodies there. So I think the first 20 minutes is where these guys are going to really have their impact on the game. I'd say a bit of, a bit of touch and feel, especially when, um, the teams aren't quite, and I don't think they'll sort of be spreading the ball too much for that first 15, 20 minute period. And then it'll come back towards sort of the end of the game from your 60 minute mark, et cetera, where I think they're rejuvenated, they come back on. Um, and then it's a bit more of an open game as well. So they might have a bit more, as Barney would say, time and space. Um, and I think that's sort of how these four players, how it's going to play out for them. 
Very good. Uh, the back row, Murray, Sims, and Yo against Capel, Kafusi, and Ruben Cotter. Barn. I just think there's there's more pace, uh, there's more leg leg speed in the New South Wales team than there is in the Queensland team. I think this is probably the biggest uptick in the New South Wales team that you could find. Um, I think Sims will end up reverting to being a middle player and they'll rely more on their bench to add a little bit on the edges there with what the guys that you're going to come off the bench. But realistically, I can't see Capewell being a ball player and I can't see um, Kafusi being a ball player either. They're basically going to be the guys that are going to run the tram lines and hopefully run over the top of centres and wingers and, uh, and halves and maybe score a try here or there. But... Um, if you put that up against your Yo's and your Murray's, the blokes that have second phase play, uh, strong strong leg speed, that can play before the line, can play in the line, and their defence is fantastic. They, they generally don't miss tackles. I think New South Wales have got a massive advantage in the back row. I, um, uh, I agree. Uh, I hope in camera, I assume camera is fit. Uh, as a yo know, sensational, interesting thing you talk about ball playing is what they they obviously can have roles, but whose role is what? Given when you throw Paulo into that, you got three link players there, Paulo, whatever they call him these days, uh, Junior I don't into that. Think he'll play ball. ball that, if they're going to take it, you'll you'll one play job here. Phase. It'll be straight up the guts and an offload. Right. Uh, so he, and, and I'm assuming Murray's there for his. 56 tackles and quick play the ball. So they'll keep it simple over Yo. But they've got that option. The point is they've got they've got a bit more, I think, skill uh, than the others. Kafusi will tackle his ass off and work very hard. But I, if you just take that slit of the uh, the two team lists, it does look like a, a lopsided... you got two blokes that we talk about in the top five players in the game regularly against... Um, and ball players as well. And ball players against... a. a, a Three blokes that are basically feel like they've been picked to make 140 tackles between them. Uh, Carrigan playing, I assume, will play 45, 50 minutes will help counter that because I think he'll get to the stage, he'll get to that level at some point, uh, and and we'll get to the bench. But Ryan Madison could actually be a massive, massive tick for New South Wales because he will, in the back half of this first half, be the one standing with three blokes on him and uh, and getting that space Second to, play. to Absolutely. get popping a ball out to a Murray or a Cook, and uh, and that's where points will come from. Um, so that that is, I, you know, we talk about Tarek Sims. Jeez, you'd be licking lips if you had Angus Crichton wearing the 11 with his two mates around him, but... He's not. Uh, so big game for Carrick. He'll either secure his spot for the rest of the the series or be very much exposed. Ollie. Yeah, well, I sort of look at this again like the last one, sort of the, the little periods because it's, it's the starting forward pack, right? So these guys are probably going to have around 20 minutes to start the game in that period. I'd say New South Wales are probably going to be dominant overall, but especially here with Murray and Yo, uh, when the ball starts getting spread out a bit more and – when the two sides start to get a bit more creative with it, Yo and Murray could arguably be the um, the catalyst for this in terms of that um, that sort of quick play, that ball playing as well. Um, but this is going to be a big game for Felice Kafusi, I think, especially compared to what he's up against and who's beside him. Ruben Cotter and Kurt Capewell were not bad players by any sense of the imagination and they both deserve to be there. But the way Queensland side set up, 
Uh, Kafusi's really going to have to put in a shift again, especially for that first 20 minutes. We've seen Kafusi for years now as sort of a consistent Queensland and Australia player, Australian player who does his job and fits well on the side. I feel like this might be the year where he sort of has to put in that extra effort and we're going to have to start noticing him um, in particular um, if Queensland are going to be any chance of getting on top of New South Wales in that first 20 minutes, especially up against your Murray's and Yos. And if Tarek Sims is sort of played into form here as well. That's only going to add nightmares for Queensland. So overall, uh, obviously, I think New South Wales are going to have the advantage and be on top to sort of start the game here with these three players. But if Elise Kafusi can put in that shift early, um, he's going to have a real big impact on Queensland. And again, um, it, it's going to be a bit different because the likes of a Yo can play 80 minutes. Murray, if he wasn't just coming back from injury as well. But again, Probably still play 60 or 70 minutes. He'll still be there for a large chunk of the game. So I guess we don't really need to talk about sort of necessary periods for them. But the one thing I will say is when Ryan Madison likely comes on for Tarek Sims, um, the way Queensland reacts to that could decide the game, really. The dummy halves, Damian Cook, Ben Hunt, and you can, for the sake of argument, throw Harry Grant into this discussion. Ollie, do you want to lead us away? Yeah, so Harry Grant's going to be there for the majority of the game. Um, in the early stages, I think Ben Hunt will play a very traditional hooker role because that's what he's there to do. But about 15 minutes into the game when Harry comes onto the field, I think that's where we'll see that shift. I feel like Harry will be the hooker for most of the game when he comes on. Ben Hunt will be playing more as sort of a third half. And I believe, was it in 2020? Could have been even 2017 at a stretch. No, it wouldn't have been. 2020, I think, where there was that 20-minute period that sort of won Queensland, one of the games there, where Cherry Evans, Munster and Hunt, those three players, were playing with three halves on the field and they were all playing as halves and it ended up working out for Queensland. I feel like this is sort of the idea from Billy Slater, but it's not just going to be a 20-minute period. It's going to be the majority of the game with Harry Grant playing at hooker, I feel like overall in terms of the hooker position, New South uh, Queensland's got to have the tick here. Again, it's if by association that origin form can sort of come back for Cook. He can be deadly, but I just think what he's up against and sort of what Queensland are looking to do here with Harry coming off the bench and Ben Hunt starting, I've got to give the tick to Queensland. I can see... Uh, yes, I, as I said, if, if anyone's ever going to win out of the match off the bench, I think Harry Grant... If Queensland to win, it's going to be back of Harry Grant. One, being fit and well, and two, creating that doubt. He's uh, he's outshone uh, Cook a number of times in the last couple of years. His ability to engage both markers and almost the first defender a lot of time and then pick where he wants to go or pick off someone uh, is is scary, especially the combination with Munster when they want to run that ball. Uh, and I think he... Uh, holds a lot of the key to this game. I think the other two are serviceable and be fine, but uh, I think he'll be the big talking point, Barn. Yeah, I think in the first 15, 20 minutes of this game, um, if New South... I'm expecting New South Wales to want to play the first 15, 20 minutes of this game really quickly. Uh, gas out your Tinos and your Papali'is, play in and around the ruck. Damien Cook getting out, putting blokes in the half gaps and then, you know, bending the line. If they can get quick play of the balls for the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, I think this sets up New South Wales to win this game. Um, 
and then I expect them to actually slow it down and then pull Whiten back in out of the centres, back into play, probably playing 13 and have three halves on the field. And then Crichton goes back into centre and that's the game plan I think they're going to go with anyway. So if New South Wales can get the, the speed of the play ball for the first 20 minutes, I think it'll have a massive impact on this game. And um, Cook may actually look like the best player on the field for the first 20 minutes. The only problem is they don't have anyone in there to give him any real relief unless you're going to try and take him off for 15, 20 minutes and then get Luai and Crichton and the outside backs to share a bit of that work in the middle, but I can't see it happening. He's probably going to have to play 80 minutes and he's going to get slowed down at some point. And then the fact that Queensland are probably going to have to use two players because I don't think they're going to be able to win the middle enough to get the advantage out of Hunt starting the game, which they have done in previous games. I really, Harry Grant needs to start this game and he needs to play 80 minutes. Um, they may change it before the game starts, but I can't see them, uh, unless they dominate the middle of the field for the first half an hour, I can't see Queensland getting a massive advantage out of hooker, but, Using two players, they probably will get a, an advantage out of the hooker position. The backs, we get to the outside. We'll start with the outside backs first, centers and uh, wingers. Start center wingers, three quarters. Yeah. Uh, you'll just do wingers, you're going to do all four. I've got wingers, centers. Yeah. All right. Tuo and uh, Tupo against Coates and Cobo. Uh, excitement seeing Cobo, excitement machine Cobo, and uh, out of form Coates against arguably the best jumper in the game Tupo and the best workhorse winger in the game Tuo Barn. How do they match up? Oh, there's an obviously obviously an aerial threat from Queensland, and that's an absolute advantage. But they need to be able to park themselves down on New South Wales uh, twenty to thirty meter line to get an advantage out of that. Um, ball goes up it's always a 50 50 thing as well so that sort of decreases your odds um new south wales should have an advantage getting out of their back end being able to rest their forwards a little bit with um to'o and tupu i know we've copped a lot of shit off a few different people saying that tupu's soft and he doesn't do but he does a lot of hard work out of his back end and yeah. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> I'll argue with those people when I want to talk to them. But yeah, um, Queensland have a better attacking threat, but New South Wales have a um, a distinct advantage out of meters out of their own end. The advantage goes to Queensland realistically because if they can jag two tries or, or two or three tries out of their wingers just with um, you know kick and hope to the corners, then uh, yeah, it's an absolute advantage for Queensland. Queensland have the two wingers who can score from anywhere, which we don't have. Uh, Cobo is the Cobo's your well, ironically, your Adokar or your Trell or your Jared Hayne that can come up with a single-handed play late in the game, late in the half Absolutely. to, to yeah. turn a six-point lead into a 12-point lead or whatever it might be. Uh, and really looking forward to seeing how he matches up, um, whether he takes some time to get involved. Um, I imagine he's going to be doing a lot of the uh, kick returns early. I'm sure they'll try and kick and gas him and turn him around. Um, as much as they can, it does give him that option, the, the traditional Brisbane 
option of kicking behind him and making him turn and uh, go back and work, particularly... Well, Pong is not with, going to do it. I was going to say, particularly either. with a fullback who <laughs> doesn't do a lot of it himself. So there is a, a short kicking plan that they could use to much better effect than uh, trying to go aerial here. If they And you'd think, as you've said, with their forward back, they'd be in a better position to do so. Uh, you know what you're going to get... Uh, what more can you say about New South Wales wingers is that then uh, you can have 99% confidence in what they're going to deliver you. They're going to give you the work, they're going to be solid, and um, it's almost an area you don't have to worry about beyond... Um, Realistically, they've tried to take out one attacking position by putting two people on one wing. So yeah. they've basically gone, well, you can't kick to that wing, you're going to have to kick to two And he's going to run through they tried that last year and it didn't work that well because you had you know, Whiten or whoever was in the centres coming in, it'll it'll probably end up being Crichton to cover in behind him. But yeah, they're hoping to take three tries and make it one over the top of toe. But yeah. Ollie? Well, in terms of the different areas or positions on the field, this is probably the most exciting, I'd say. But, of course, wingers are exciting, but... That- <laughs> Yeah, but like looking like looking at the the four wingers on display, I'm very excited to see what we could get from each one of them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Brian Toto for one, I think since coming back from injury, he's still been good, but he's not the Brian Toto that runs 300 meters a game and does a whole lot of work. Of he's old. only been running 200. He's only I'm which again, 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 he also hasn't I, had I, to. I, I hate like again. I hate bringing this up, but it is something where he. he He's had a drop off, but he's still. But now yeah. he's got. Um, but now he's got May and Targo to help him. Whereas last year he, course, he had to look yeah. at Charlie Staines on one wing, right? Of course, and I think that has a lot to come into play. So it will be interesting to see when he's got two post stags Whiten, um, like the impact he has on this game in particular. If we can see sort of a possible return to form from him, because if we do. Um, New South Wales could win the winger battle based off of Brian Toto alone. However, I have to agree with both of you that overall Queensland have got the the informed wingers. They've got the, well, Coates, give or take, but they've got the better suited wingers. Um, Attacking in a variety advantage. of options in attack, as you guys said. So it, it's easy on paper, at least for now. You've got to go with Cobo and Coates, and we've been singing the praises of Cobo for weeks now as well. And this is where it's got to continue and take him to that next level. The centres, Stags and Whiten against Holmes and Gagai Oliver. Well, there's the one, I won't say sore thumb sticking out. There is that one elephant in the room, Jack Whiten. And again, this is just my brain sort of thinking of different things and, of course, Crichton could start. There's a good chance he will. However, for now, I look at this as possibly you talk about Harry Grant. We talk about Harry Grant and Ben Hutton, how if Grant comes on, Hunt can play sort of a third half. This could be trying to combat that, whereas when they come on, you possibly bring on This Clark. will be exactly what happens. Is when and Harry Grant comes on, Whiten will go back into 13 and they'll both have three halves on three the field. Playing them. Almost yeah. guarantee that. That is exactly what I'm, we're I'm glad we're on that wavelength. <laughs> That's sort of what I'm basing this whole Whiten thing on if he starts, which now now that we've sort of thought of this, that you know what, he he 
probably will start now. Um, Katoni Stag, I think at the start of the year, was letting up a little in his attack and not bringing the same attacking flair. We mentioned that. However, I think his defence improved in those games. And of course, because defence isn't as flashing necessarily, it wasn't being noticed a whole lot. However, his defence is obviously, his defensive improvement, I should say, is going to help him here in this game. But you've got Valentine Holmes who's been played back into attacking form as well. So I think you're going to have to heavily rely on Stags being that defensive player and Holmes being that attacking threat, which is why I think probably it'll match up Stags up against Holmes because I think Stags is probably the best option to try and stop Holmes with the current form he's in. Um, and that's and- Munster's preferred side. That's the only thing that worries me, to be honest. <laughs> he loves going to that left-hand side. And I think Gagai as well. Um, there's a whole meme and everything about how he, he turns up for origin, etc. And I think this is sort of built up for him to have a solid performance in the origin arena again. Obviously at Newcastle hasn't been the best. He started off the season well. I believe he was injured for a period there, wasn't he? As he well. was, so yeah, three or four I weeks. Think, yeah. yeah. So I think with Gagai, it could be hit or miss. We might not get the best Gagai performance, just Bates are sort of coming back to his club. He started off the season hot, but then again, we could see the um, the Dane Gagai of old. And if he matches up against Whiten for, let's say, the first 20 or so minutes until Harry Grant comes on, um, he'll have the best opportunity to get back to his origin form. It's very interesting. <laughs> In a way, I'd almost rather see Stags on Gagai because they're both... Uh, bully centres. They're both, in these sort of games, want to try and get an early shot in and sort of be the one that stamps a, a dominant, uh, stamps themselves as the dominant force over their opponent. Um, so it's interesting to see if they do start off that way because Stags and Holmes is interesting because you mentioned the Munster factor, but Stags is, and he's quite good at picking his spots, but he's first instinct uh, is to rush up and, and hit, rush and hit, rush and, hit yeah. and, sta- and Holmes's pace, you know, maybe can counteract that uh, with right people around him. So interesting to see which way they do line up, uh, as you've said. Um, I don't think one's going to let anyone down necessarily, but it is he's now played 5'8 for four or five years, and it's it's a hard thing to then either be expected to mark Holmes with the, the form he's in or... Um, or an origin gay guy as such. So, uh, Barn, you'll cover this off a bit better. And you know, your wheels are ticking there, Ollie. Can I, yeah, can I just on <laughs> as well? Um, I, I think we should acknowledge the fact too that we've been saying for weeks now that for Canberra, Whiten should be playing in the centres. Maybe Freddie's just had that sort of spark in his mind a little bit earlier. And maybe from this, probably won't happen. If Whiten has a decent game in the centres for New South Wales and actually sort of proves it in a big game that he's a decent centre going back to Canberra, Sticky might go, oh, that's an option. <laughs> like, what I'm thinking... We thought of it weeks ago. I think, but... think Freddie just trusts Whiten. He's been in the no, squad. I think the way, the way that they're going to... That Freddie wants to use Whiten is basically the kick-out Penrith factor because you've got that left hand set up already. So I think in the first 20 to 30 minutes, you're going to see Whiten running directly at Gay Guy. He's going to be running straight at him, trying to run over the top of him. He's a big body. And there probably will be once or twice where he will leave Gay Guy behind him when he runs over the top of him. Because his defense is, like, everyone says he's like the best defensive center in the entire competition. 
This year, he is far from the best defensive centre in the competition. He's missed more tackles than I've noticed in recent memory for the last, well, the, third, the 14 rounds. I think he's only played 10 of them. But the 10 rounds he's been there, he's been high on the stats of missed tackles in the centres. So I think you're going to see White running directly at him, trying to gas him. He'll go back inside, and then you'll have Crichton with the footwork and speed, and they're going to pump that left-hand side, and they're going to try and work gay guy over. And then you have the, the the winger trying to come in and cover him or the, 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 the second rower trying to cover him as well. And I can see Queensland leaking quite a few points on that left-hand side. I, and I think they're going to target gay guy, and I think that's where a lot of points will come for New South Wales. Um, I think Holmes and Staggs pretty much cancel each other out. It's a matter of fact of how much ball they can get the gay guy in that first 20 or 30 minutes and how much hit that he can expose Whiten's defensive inefficiencies on that left-hand side. And I'm not sure that it's going to happen, to be honest, because by the time that they're ready to spread the ball to that right-hand side, I think you're going to have Crichton there, who even if he does beat him on the first attempt, Crichton will wrap him up and the ball will have to go somewhere else. So. For the record, Campbell Graham is the best defensive centre in the game. Uh, the fullback <laughs> is, is, is James Tedesco against Kalen Ponga. Uh, Teddy, I think, clearly gives a defensive advantage, uh, potentially a read advantage, and is cap- more than capable of saving multiple tries, uh, which he has that tick over Ponga in my humble. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see what Ponga does bring because it is missing from his game. See if he can lift at this uh, next level. Uh, we know what we get from Ponga with his sweet plays. Uh, he'll choose to try uh, chime in when he can. I can see Teddy will play like he has done much more directly than he does for Easts. I think he'll just be looking left and right of the ruck, looking for uh, just that half break, which he can make a full break and uh, just sniff, be sniffing for offloads more than trying to dominate like he does at Easts. Um, so... Back end the uh, back end of the half. I, the first half, I can see Teddy more involved, um, but that'll be the natural result of what we've talked about with the Fords. I feel, uh, but I th- I think well, we're not not really bringing much here. Um, the best fullback in the comp has looked at the last month or so, so um, I think he brings that here. Does he not, Barn? Oh, everything you've said, mate. Um, on form, Teddy should win this matchup hands down, and um, it, it's going to depend on who's. Forward pack's got the roll through the middle and who's got time and space <laughs> to expose the, the edges. Um, Teddy likes to go down that left-hand side as well. So you add him in there with your, your Crichtons and your Whiten and you know whoever else is on that left-hand side. To-o, I would imagine probably down that, no, it, it might be Tupu, but you know, you got Luai and, Crichton, uh, Luai and Cleary on the inside as well. And adding Yo and Murray and whoever else decides to pop up there, I think the the right-hand side of the Queensland defence is in for a rough night, especially when you add in Teddy into that, uh, into that mix. Ponga's forms and his involvement is questionable for the entire year. Um, it's, when they're on top, he's a world beater. When they're getting pushed backwards, he basically goes missing, so... My turn? Mm, yes. You, you pointed to Barney Daggy, by the way. <laughs> Just pointed then. Um, well, uh, what helps Ponga here? Because t- Teddy obviously gets the advantage on paper here based off of form largely the past three years, right? Like 
you got to go with Teddy. But I guess what may help Ponga, and Ponga has had a couple of really strong origin performances as well, which he very well could do here. But um, what helps Ponga here in terms of the sweet play and actually trying to do stuff and have that bit of X-factor impact is um, he's not playing behind a gargantuan gaggle of geeks. Yes, it is true. Yes. So that will certainly be an advantage to Ponga. However, when Teddy's been doing it week in, week out, I think largely uh, you've got to give Tedesco the nod here. Look, this is probably with no intention of disrespecting the talent that Kalen Ponga is. This has probably got to be the easiest area on the field to pick, right? It, it's uh, like yeah. it, it's James Tedesco. Easy. Yes, that's right. We're not, we're not comparing him to any of the injured New South Wales. Little Wayne Cleary for New South Wales, Munster and DCE. Yeah, uh, apparently, well, at some point, uh, PVL is going to have to choose one of them to be the Australian halfback. But uh, um, <laughs> they are going to go head-to-head here as I sneakily mute that and press that and turn that back on. No one knew that I was not screen recording. Uh, who wants to have first crack at these halves? First a question. Why is Dickie Nisa? Oh, there he is. When you said... Um... <laughs> PVL at one point is going to have to choose one of these blokes to be halfback. Was that a joke or did you... Apparently generally... he's the new chairman of selectors. Yeah, chairman what? of selectors for yeah, the Australian... Him and the two sport. origin coaches are the chairman of selectors. I did, we didn't talk about oh, it in the news. Well, but, um, and I haven't read the full no, article, can, but that's... Can, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, PVL's apparently crowbarred himself into the fucking... And the others have been <laughs> sacked in the first... Uh, <laughs> apparently the first... I, f- I forget who the... Old select, oh, Laurie, I think Laurie Daly. It was one. Mal, wasn't it? Laurie, yeah, Mal's a coach, but Laurie said the first he knew about it was when they read the headlines on his show. Like, uh, but anyway, they. I don't want Australia to win the Well, thing actually, a very quick question because we don't. Is, say, you could, they, could, they could fucking pick DCE as prop and they'd probably still win. Yes, they Yeah, matter. but uh, like the, the chances <laughs> are possible for them to not win. You know what's oh, frustrating? You know what? Um, but well, DCE at props probably a pretty good pick. If, I don't, I don't if want to they say, want to lose, when you versus bloody Italy or someone, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to this degenerate into the weekly show too much. But the one question I have is: Does that yes. mean if you're not in these two squads, you can get picked for Australia? No, like it isn't because obviously they don't rate anyone not in these squads. Well, you no, can't absolutely. If you're not in the Queensland or New South Wales squad, you're not getting picked unless half of them decide to play for Samoa and Tonga, and, and then, then they'll have to find someone. But, but then, like, Matt shouldn't – Mal might have his incumbency rules and might want Angus Crichton as his starting second rower. Does he, he get a say? He will. Mal, Mal's already come out and said that he's still considering at the moment, like, Jake Travojevich as part of the Australian team, for yeah. example. Well, there's Jake, there'd be Crichton. Jake and then, will be back in the New South Wales squad by the end of the Origin series, I would imagine. And then but, um, we'll get to predictions in a minute. And then, um, yeah, so how about Harry Grant can't be the Australian hooker because Billy Slater doesn't think he's a hooker, a starting hooker? Right? Well, it, it is realistically, anyway, I know it used to be, but again, this is sort of Origin slash international, but is Origin really a trial for the Australian team anymore? Oh, well, I think that's what they're making it. But no, it shouldn't Origin's be. Origin's the best game of football that you're going to see in the yeah, entire course, fucking anywhere I, in I suggest, the um, NRL landscape. But. And there's a whole half of a season to go yet. We're still, you know, you still at finals footy, you still a peak there, whatever it is. Injuries, fucking suspensions, all the rest of it. But Anyway, at halves, Luai, as I said, um, whoever I said before, Munster and DCE, Luai and Cleary, who wanted first crack? Go on, Dickie. 
Now, Ollie, nah, Ollie come on, get him out of it. Oh, you've never established who Dicky was before. You'd see he's bobbing around there on the screen. Look, there he is. So Barney goes first, then. Oliver, just get into it, Ollie. Fucking just do your shit, damn it. All right, but I'll have to go to the toilet first. Anyway, um, well, New South Wales obviously has the advantage of a tried and true halves combination at club level. This is what Brad Fittler went with last year. It worked throughout the series, well, at least game one and two for New South Wales, but also Munster and Daly Cherry Evans at this point, you've got to say, are tried and tested at origin level. They've also got the origin experience. Nathan Cleary, while he's still playing well, uh, consistently week on week, not as good as he has been the past couple of years. Cameron Munster coming back to form. I'd say Daly Cherry Evans has still been solid for Manly, not overall as good as he has been last year. And Jerome Luai in the past couple of weeks has gotten hot. So you've got sort of your two five eights. Uh, I'd say hot at the moment. If you will, Luai probably a bit more in that current purple patch. And you've got your halves, Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans, where it's sort of been a similar story, not exactly to the same extent. They've dropped a little bit overall, really. It's going to be a tight matchup. Arguably the toughest to pick and again we speak about what could decide the game for a number of different positions but realistically your halves can win your football games it's whoever really clicks on the night I just I'm going to go with a feeling here game one Munster and Cherry Evans I'm going to go back to what I've said um, previously um, unless, unless Queensland get a roll through the middle and get good play, uh, good speed of play of the ball Munster is Munster's the best half in the game, or best creative half in the game. He's not the best dominant half in the game. That's Cleary. Cleary is the best dominant half in the game. He decides where games get played. He's, his kicking game is better than anybody out there. He's uh, long kicking, short kicking, and his ball playing is as close to the best. But off the cuff, if you can get... Um, up and into the into your defensive uh, position, uh, into your attacking positions. Munster has the most creative ball playing game in the competition. So, realistically, to me, they sort of uh, they even each other out. So, unless Queensland have the roll on through the middle, Munster will be dominant. But if the game gets slowed down to a point where um, the kicking game is all that matters, Cleary has a better kicking game than anybody in the competition. I think if it's long kicking game, short kicking game, attacking, defensive, whatever. Like you can put DC up there and yes, he has a good long kicking game, but under pressure, he seems to sort of wilt. And if you have um, Luai on the outside of uh Cleary with a roll forward through the middle. New South Wales win this hands down. But I'm not 100% sure that... I I think this middle battle in this game is going to be immense. It's going to be 60 minutes of the 80 minutes of who actually is going to win this game. And if it comes down to that, Cleary will probably win New South Wales this game just with his pinpoint kicking game because... DCE has it, but he does. He just doesn't have it as often as Cleary does. And yeah, um, 
Munster on the back of broken field play and up-tempo play the balls could tear New South Wales apart, but I, I just don't see it happening. So I've got a slight advantage, advantage to New South Wales only on the fact of the kicking game from Cleary, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would want to see Cleary. Look, I suspect New South Wales probably kick early, uh, yeah. you know, early in the game as as and set their line like like Penrith do a lot, I suppose, uh, and just use their size and try and pin, like I said, pin your Cotters and your Capewells in their half before there's much momentum. Second and third uh, hit I would like yeah. to see, and just get Ponga and Cobbo turning around, turning around, and, uh, and and that'll be the key. If they can do that, they will gas them. You've spoken. We've all spoken before, but Barney, I think you articulated it well uh, six weeks ago when you said Melbourne at their best have the fastest and best one six nine and seven in the game. Ponga and DCE fit into that not far off. Uh, Ponga quick enough and and with enough space can be dangerous. And DCE basically has to play Jerome Hughes kick well and. Um, Run occasion. And run occasion. Yep. We're on enough where um, he's drawing someone in it here and there. Uh, and I guess the, the Lord, sort of the two and a half here is that you've got a, a number nine in Ben Hunt capable of kicking 40-20 and very good at it, That's kicking 40-20s and pinning players perhaps from a different angle. So, um, so Harry can do the same job? 100% actually. So, look, I, I, I am... Putting I'm, in this environment, I'm saying Cleary's most valuable, but terrified of uh, a fit and firing, which is now Munster. If they've got the space, and if they're starting to isolate your Whitens, he's going to go there a time and again, and uh, and be very dangerous. Uh, it's an exciting matchup, and that's we haven't even really mentioned Luai, who I think mainly he might have five or six involvements all game, and there'll be points from three of them potentially yeah. if he plays like he's been playing. So. Um, Especially once Crichton's on that field, uh, very very interesting matchup. But I'm with you. Slight. I'm giving a decision to New South Wales on points with the kicking game. There, we get to the bench: Crichton, Martin, RCG, and Madison against Grant, Collins, Carrigan, and Nanai. Uh, and I, uh, well, I think it's a clear clear edge even without Nico in the team to. Um, New South Wales just on the forward strength because my biggest concern from the start, as I've said, is is the Queensland pack matching up. Uh, I don't think, like we've all touched on Lindsay Collins enough, Carrigan is a star uh, and will do well. And you're throwing a, what's now, 19? A 19-year-old guy who has an error in him, and we can talk all the about him being a star and a point scorer. He, he's good for two, three errors a game, uh, mm-hmm. and he's about to be put under the biggest blowtorch he's faced, um, where you know we know Martin's going to straighten New South Wales up at some point. And um, we know RCG is going to just plow and plow and plow and set up sets for them. And um, and you can talk about it in a sec, Barn, because you, you did it off air. But Madison, you could argue, is the form, one of the form forwards in the competition. And his work in the middle when they need him could be very, very, uh, well, could, will be crucial to New South Wales. Ollie, you want to jump in first? Uh, yeah, definitely the edge. excuse me, goes to New South Wales in terms of the bench, right, and how the bench is set out. And I think really my sort of concerns with Queensland's bench and our concerns are sort of being brought up when we were talking about the four-pack specifically. We know the changes we'd make and we know the impact those players would sort of have, whereas mostly New South Wales have sort of got their bench set out strong 
and with a clear indicator of what gaps they're going to sort of fill at what points in the game. Like you'd think a Madison comes on for Tarek Sims when he starts getting a bit tired and you could bring on Liam Martin realistically for Murray or Yo and do a little bit of changing if you were to bring him on for Yo and Murray drops to lock. But I think Yo plays 80 minutes. So you bring him on for Murray. He is still coming back from injury. So a lot of it makes sense. What doesn't entirely make sense is, of course, Stephen Crichton. You'd probably have him starting. But I guess what we've sort of talked ourselves into tonight um, or talked ourselves into sort of the thinking of why Whiten's there, it does make a bit more sense with Crichton to come into the centres whenever Queensland brings Harry on or not too long after Queensland brings Harry on and you shift Whiten to realistically sort of a third half. Now, whether that impacts... um, Cleary and Luai negatively, I don't think it will. I think it would more be Cleary realistically dictating when Whiten's brought into the play. So overall, you'd have to give the tick to New South Wales. I actually think mate, there's part of me that thinks maybe we're overthinking the whiten Crichton thing and maybe the simple thing Freddie's thinking is if Pappenhausen's fit, he would have been 14. So Crichton's only going to do the Pappenhausen job where he's going to come on for 15 minutes, sniff around the ruck, play Maybe give Cook and a play through the middle and play through you the middle. So? Maybe that's what he does. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but maybe that's the thinking. Maybe it's simply that it would have been Papinaz and it will be in game two, and we'll just yeah, no, uh, no. give Crichton the game. It's not the worst thinking in the world, and it's probably making me think that it might be 13 plus because if they can soften up the middle enough and then add Crichton through the middle, then. But I honestly think the whole Whiten thing was the is to soften up that left edge because that's that's where Penrith play. That's where New South Wales have played for the last couple of years, and I think they're going to target Gay Guy for the first 20, 30 minutes and try to get him out on his feet. And who have they? Got, who, is, who does Queensland have to slot into that right-hand side defensive position unless they push Cotter out there to make a whole heap of tackles? And he's not going to stop Crichton if he puts a step on or... Put some speed on, so yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> to me, it looks like Penrith, uh, Penrith, New South Wales, <laughs> the Penrith, New South Wales Blues. We, can, <laughs> we may as well chuck it in there. They're going to target that left hand defensive, uh, uh, left hand attacking edge, right hand defensive edge for Queensland, and I think the majority of the points from New South Wales are going to come down that edge. It's going to be from Whiten softening up um, Gay Guy and then Crichton dancing around and putting his winger away or the inside man away. Uh, but to me, the bench actually comes out as a draw. I think that the Queensland team actually has more skill coming off the bench with um, Harry Grant will add more skill and variety to the team. But the New South Wales bench has more physical contact and consistent consistency through the middle of the field. And I think that's basically where New South Wales game plan is going to come through the middle of the field and they're going to soften up the, the guts of New South Wales, of Queensland's defence for 40 to 50 minutes. And then they're going to score points on the edges after that. So. Fair enough. Uh, let's get our bunny out, laid out for a centre. How is this game going to unfold in your humble 
it comes down to the speed of the play the ball. Uh, both teams are going to want to dominate the speed of the play the ball for the first 20 to 30 minutes. And I can't see, I don't think, as soon as Papali'i and oh, Tino probably won't get taken off the field, he'll probably only for maybe 15 minutes, but he's going to be shifted to an edge, I would imagine, at some point. And they're going to pull Cotter into the middle and uh, your Nanai is going to play on the other edge. And they're probably even going to pull Kafusi into the middle just because I feel like he, he's going to really his strong. Time in the middle. Yeah, Carrigan and Kafusi because they're strong defenders. But they're going to spend too too much time trying to defend in the middle when New South Wales want to shift to an edge and they're going to get caught out on the edges. Um, the big thing, big thing for me is that New South Wales halves can play slow if they need to. Uh, Cleary knows how to slow a game down and if he has to, it'll be three or four um, force dropouts. When New South Wales are gassed and Queensland are gassed and everybody's got no energy, Cleary will just kick in behind them and they'll have to drop it out off their own line. And they'll have to do it again five minutes later. And then they'll have to do it again 15 minutes after that. And I can't see Queensland being able to put the energy up through the middle of the field, especially with your Madisons coming on. Um, and then your Sims having a 30-minute spurt and then coming back and he'll probably be pushed into the middle for the last 30. And I, I just think New South Wales will be more dominant through the middle of the field, which will provide the space and the time on the edges for New South Wales to be able to pull this Queensland team apart. I don't think they'll... I, only because of conditions, I think... The, the second game, they probably will blow Queensland off the field. And I think it'll be a 2-0 thing going up into Queensland and they'll probably lose the third game. But I think New South Wales will dominate through the middle of the field, um, offloads. Because how many, how many forwards in the Queensland team can provide offloads apart from Papali and Tino? Yeah, that's it. No, that, yeah. I, I can't see anybody. And then you've got Yo and Murray that can ball play on an edge. I wanted to go 13 plus, but I'm going New South Wales 1 to 12. First try scorer, I think um, Tony Stags gets the first try. And then man of the match, I'm tossing up between Murray and Cleary because I can see Murray having a massive impact because they're going to target Yo because they know Yo is the guy that does it on the left. And I can see Murray providing some very good ball playing on the edges of the right-hand side of the field, and you might get one or two tries there early, and that would be enough, plus his 60 tackles, to get him man of the match. Oliver. So, again, this has been set up for the classic Queensland ambush. I've noticed a lot of time in previous years as well, but, like, obviously on paper, we've given New South Wales the most ticks, um, which seems to happen most years again last year a bit of an exception because they went on and they really won game one however again for the reasons i said before this is sort of set up for that queensland ambush i feel like we could see a situation here where the few imperfections new south wales have come to the forefront uh because they're not necessarily i wouldn't say prepared but underestimated queensland in certain senses and queensland's positives do have the ability to carry this game. Therefore, based on the previous experience for a lot of years, 
uh, for some years in recent seasons, especially 2020, uh, for the way this is just set up, the way Queensland have picked their side, the way New South Wales have picked their side. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say Queensland 13 plus. I'm going to say Harry Grant is going to be the man of the match. Hunt, Cherry Evans and Munster are going to be playing well off the back of him. They're going to be getting great service from him all game. And I feel like that's going to have a big impact on why he actually gets it for me. And I think he'll run the ball well as well when he comes on. And my first try score is going to be Selwyn Cobo on his origin debut. Yeah, the only thing that I would say is if Queensland can get the speed of the play of the ball, if they do win the speed of the play of the ball, exactly what you said. You're going to have your monsters, DCEs, kicking, running, ball playing on the edges, and they've got so much more speed than what New South Wales have got. So it, the only reason, like, obviously, I've, I've said I think New South Wales would dominate the middle, but if Queensland can match them in the middle they will burn New South Wales on the edges. Again, Barney, a lot of this does come back to that sort of, well, at least half Melbourne combination where they've got that speed in terms of the running game. And I think Grant... I just think and, New and South Wales will be dominant in the middle, especially with their bench. But I think you're both right. because But I'm tipping in this particular game... Well, I think you're right. The reason you're right, Ollie, is because the Queensland ambush is coming. But it's coming game two when they get to Perth on a dry track. And I, But I think he... Uh, they will. Uh, I think New South Wales uh, kicking and size. I've sort of talked myself into New South Wales because I wasn't as bullish at the start. But I think New South Wales. Uh, I'm going one to twelve, but um, I think they'll be bigger, stronger, and Cleary will kick better and be man of the match uh, and just be able to pin them work work over where they need to work over, and um, the damper conditions suit. But I do think once they get to Perth. Uh, they'll they'll see what they're up against in Perth, and then they'll play much more expansive, and they'll play a much better running game, um, and try and uh, run around New South Wales. Then um, Suncorp, then uh, they get here, and yes, and then we'll go to Suncorp one all, and then it'll be a cracker. So, um, but I think this, Do I think we New get South Tommy Wales, and Latrell back? I think New South Wales, well, just Latrell. Uh, we do, but I think this sets up. Um, yeah, Tommy's gone, isn't he? I think this sets up for New South Wales um, to be ambushed well in Perth. But we'll get to that. Um, one to twelve, man of the match, Cleary. First try scorer will be. Um, I want to do something cheeky, but I'm not. I'm just going to go. Th- Actually, no, I will. Uh, I think yeah. it will be. Uh, cool. I think it will be Cobo. I think it will be. Um, I was looking for a forward, but I think Queensland might. Uh, usual shock. Um, barge over and just uh, wake New South Wales up and they'll get into their rhythm better. But rest of the series will be a cracker. Looking forward to it. Uh, final well, final question. If New South Wales lose, how many changes for game two? Oh, six. Oh, I'd say at least three. Um, do you want me to give you a couple of examples? Yeah, go for, go it. for it. Cook will be out for Coruscant. Mm-hmm. Weissen will be out possibly regardless. And I think Tarek Sims. I I can see. Uh, first of all, I, th- I think Papenhausen's not far away. I haven't checked the team list today, but mail is he's around. Uh, I can see Latrell coming straight back in for Whiten. So mm-hmm. that's, I think that'll happen regardless of the result. Uh, and I can see Crichton coming back in if Tarek Sims is made to look like he's been made to look for St. George's here. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, six was probably a bit of a stretch, but I think um, three, I think three, and, and it could be three's three's definite. 
Um, I think you might if if New South Wales lose because to me the the team they picked is to go straight through the middle. So if New South Wales lose, one of the starting props is going to lose their position, and it's not going to be Payne Haas. So it's going to be Junior Borlo. Uh, whether he goes back to the bench and they bring in another uh, forward, I could see him being parachuted right out of the squad. Depending how RCG plays, and uh, and they dust off poor old old man from Manly there, Jake and and uh, Willie Mount in the wheelchair yeah. and, and have him snap people. In realistically, and... since Clemmer's come back from his injury, I don't know how he wasn't in the twenty four man squad. Like he's he's been playing heaps better than fucking the Saifidi brother that fucking did absolutely nothing for fourteen rounds and managed to get a spot there, like. <laughs> Clemmer, since he's come back from it was a broken arm or something, but he has been fucking close to the best prop in the game. And like he has to get a position. And then yeah, you got your Appy, White, and yeah, four or five position changes. Absolutely. Anyway, uh looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. That's been our origin. But they're not gonna lose, so it doesn't up. matter. Just a couple of questions before we finish up. May. Just, for, mm-hmm. I guess, but partly logistical reasons as well. Ooh. One, do we want to give a quick series prediction as well, just to say where we're at heading into the series? And two, is the prestigious Ollie Lewis medal making a return for a second straight year? It just popped into Ollie Lewis medal. Yes. For both. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll Go. kick us off with Go. a prediction for the series. Okay, I'm predict your man of the series too. Give us a prediction for your, yep. your prestigious medal you've just made up. Well, made up last year, but anyway. You made it up last year. Yeah. Um, Harry Grant to win player of the series. I think he gets man of the match both games. Queensland wins. I'm tipping Queensland to win the series. Queensland game one, flog New South Wales. New South Wales to flog Queensland game two in Perth. And Queensland to win within five minutes left in game three. I'm going New South Wales 2-1, and I and the reason I'm going 2-1 is they'll have Latrell Mitchell back in Game 3. Yep. I would be going Queensland 2-1 if not, because I think they'll win in Perth, and I think they'll give it a red-hot crack. In at Obviously, taking it back to Suncorp sets them up perfectly there, and I think they'll work out that they may... That they'll work out from Game 1 they might even pick a certain front rower for Game 2. Uh, but man of the series, I will say um, Isaiah Yo, just because you know he he will probably be very good at football. <laughs> I'm gonna go. New I, like South Wales he, I like how Barney just went nodded like yes, that was very sage. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> mm, I'm going New South Wales three 0 I can't see Queensland being able to match New South Wales medals. Um, I've got Cameron Murray, man of the series. I think he will have a massive impact. Um, his ball playing before the line, after the line, and his defensive capabilities is matched by very fucking few in the entire NRL. And, yeah, well, if he loses the leg, then we'll have to reassess later, all right? Calm down. If he loses an arm... He'll probably still be all right. Like, yeah, he probably will. no, no, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. A leg's probably worse, but yeah, 
No, Cameron Murray can tackle with the best of them. He's got an offload. He's got a play before the line. I honestly think he's actually a better ball player than Isaiah Yeo. And is he a better be ball honest, player than Junior Bolo? Plugged in. If he was plugged into the thirteen in Penrith's fucking team, I would, I would predict that Penrith would win the competition for three or four years from now. To be, like they wouldn't get beaten if he was playing thirteen for Penrith. Barney, you dropped right? a couple of bombs tonight. I must say so myself. They might still win with you. Then what? Cameron Murray is a he's, he's a better defensive player than fucking Isaiah Yo, and he is a better ball player than Isaiah Yo. But we'll we'll move on from there. Um, Appy probably fucking gets a oh, no. He probably doesn't because if they're going to win three nil, he doesn't get a shot. So <laughs> nope. So Tarek Sims, mate, man, their halves are so much. Tarek Sims, he'll be gone after the first game, even after they win. Fucking twelve to eight or whatever it is in the first game. <sighs> oh, geez. What have you done to me? Barney's hit a brick. All right, Barney, go get I some have. sleep. You got I a big you, game tomorrow. It's, it's been a big day. Yeah, you've got a big game of football tomorrow. So rest up. Yeah, I know. I have, have a nice hearty breakfast. Relax during the day. <laughs> stretch beforehand, all right? It's been Footy and Frothies. Buy some of our gear at rugbylegmerch.com. I'll blow out a calf. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, Ollie, good job as well. Uh, and we will be back Thursday night to look back on Tarek Sims's uh, single-handed dominance of Origin 1, as well as look towards round 14 when uh, a few of these players come back and also play for other... What? You, what? You play for other Murray, teams. not Tarek Sims. How dare you? <laughs> Tarek Sims is now a fucking worse version of Corbin Sims. But anyway... On that note, everyone, bye. <laughs>